Welcome to SaltCast. My name is Bob Turner and I am the director of the Sunset Academy of Leadership Training and that is SALT. And so today we have with us very special guest, Chris McCurley. Thank you, Dov. Appreciate uh, it. Thank you for joining us. Chris serves as the minister with the Old Ham Lane uh, Church of Christ mm-hmm. in Abilene, Texas. And so we're very thankful that you've taken time to come and to be with us today. Thanks, Bob. I enjoy being with you. Appreciate it. Why don't you start by just sharing with our listeners a little bit about your background and kind of what led you into ministry and what took you down the path to bring you to West Texas? Well, that's a that's a rather long story. I'll give you the Reader's Digest condensed version. Uh, I wanted to be a priest, grew up wanting to be a priest. I was raised a good Catholic by my mother and grandfather. My uh, dad didn't go to church, although he was raised in uh, the Church of Christ. Uh, uh, My mother, grandfather were instrumental, my grandfather mainly. Uh, my mother and father had a lot of issues leading to a divorce when I was 16. And uh, so I really looked up to my grandfather and my priest. Uh, Father Richard was a big uh, role model in my life. Uh, when I was about 18, 19, he was taken away. Uh, he was arrested and taken mm-hmm. out of my life. And so I had had some questions before then, and I'd started questioning some things that I would kind of read in the Bible. And, you know, you got to understand in the Catholic Church, uh you know, I learned a lot of great things, but studying the Bible as a whole, I never did. And so uh, when I started looking at some things, I would ask questions and, you know, I would get kind of the standard response of, you know, this is, you know, tradition or the way that we've done it and uh, don't need to worry about it, whatever. And because it was Father Richard giving the answers, I didn't care. I mean, you know, he was so instrumental in my life, but when he was taken out of my life, then I started really kind of questioning some things. You got to understand, I was president of the Catholic Youth Organization for two years. I mean, I was all in. I was going to be a priest. I was all in. So this was a big move for me, and my sure. mother was not happy. Uh, <laughs> my grandfather started getting sick and ended up passing away during this time. So, um, But my mother was not happy. So anyway, I just left the church completely, and I'd gone down several different paths. I'd gone to the Methodist church for several months. Um, I'd gone to the Baptist church a couple of times uh, just because of friends. But uh, the Church of Christ was not on my radar. Uh, the Catholic Church that I attended, St. Mary's, we had a Wednesday deal called Soup and a Sermon, where we'd have lunch and we'd bring in a preacher from the community to talk to us, um, you know, just to show how we're unified in the community. Sure. Church of Christ would never accept that invitation. So I didn't have any, I didn't have any use for them. You know, they were arrogant elitist in my mind. But I met a woman who uh, was a member of the church and uh, went to church with her one Sunday, and that all changed. Uh, wow. My preconceived notions were not uh, correct, and I was glad to know that sure. the, the church was uh, very much accepting of me and loving of me. Willie Sandlin was preaching that Sunday. And I remember many, Willie. Many people remember Willie. He's passed on now. But uh, he, he delivered a sermon that just hit me right between the eyes, and so I didn't do much about it for a while. My wife and I moved to Charlotte, Arkansas. I became the head boys basketball and baseball coach there at just 24 years of age. So I was green. I was raw. Uh, my superintendent was an elder there uh, in the church, in that little bitty community, church of 50 people. And so uh, Ralph Wallace was the preacher, and he was about 80-something then. I invited him to the house and said, I've just got some questions. And uh, I said, what's Church of Christ doctrine say about this or that or whatever? And right. finally, Ralph just goes, you know, Chris, I don't have Church of Christ doctrine. I've got a Bible. That's all I need. That's all you need. And I thought, and you know, that's, that's so simple because <laughs> everywhere else I'd been seemed like you had to have something else. Sure. And so that just made sense to me, the simplicity of it. And I, I was baptized in 1997. Um, shortly after that, about two years later, 
a friend of mine that I taught with had a husband who was the youth deacon in Batesville, Arkansas, which right. was the big town just down the road from Charlotte. Sure. And uh, North Heights Church of Christ, 350 people or so. And he said, you don't know if anybody would want to be a youth minister, do you? And I thought, yeah, how about me? <laughs> well, I'd only been a Christian two years. I knew nothing. I didn't know the Bible. I didn't know nothing. So uh, they liked the idea of having a coach do it, but they didn't like the idea of having somebody so green sure. do it. So they they hemmed around after about two months. They said, you know, Chris, we want to hire you, but here's the stipulation. Uh, Cersei was 45 minutes away. We'll pay for you to take two classes a semester. We'll pay for your books and we'll pay your gas down there and back if you'll go back to school. Well, why why wouldn't you do that? Sure. You know? So I did that. For four years, I stayed at Batesville and it was there that Steve Norris, who was a big part of my life, uh, was the minister. And Steve said, uh, Chris, you need to get in preaching. You know, this youth ministry stuff's fine yeah. and you're good, but you need to get into ministry. So went to Cassville, Missouri in Southwest Missouri. That was my first preaching job. Yeah. Not a better place to be, to grow and to learn the ropes. And then I've been in Abilene since 2008. So, Wow. Yeah. And you're talking about people and places that yeah. I'm very familiar yes, with. Yes, you are. You I are. know Steve real well. He's now yeah. in Conway. Absolutely. And uh, in the area in southern Missouri that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, familiar with that area as well. Yes. And I know the preacher now at North Heights. Yes. And, uh, yes. Uh, Alex Mills. And yes. No Alex Will. There and so it's, yeah. it's funny how the circles are small <laughs> uh, when it comes to this. But, Absolutely. Uh, so tell us a little bit about the work that you're doing there in Abilene, mm-hmm. especially uh, we've talked about and I've seen and I know many of our listeners have seen a lot of the podcasts that you're posting on sure. social media. Tell us a little bit about uh, that work and mm-hmm. how you came into that work and, yeah. and maybe even point people in the direction of how they can see more of those. Yeah, that's a big story, too. I'll try to give uh, that one in a more condensed version. I got to, uh, to Abilene in 2008. Um, the church at that time was about uh, 12 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I guess a little older than that. It was planted in the mid-90s okay. uh, by Baker Heights because Baker Heights was landlocked. Jimmy Jividen, who was a big mentor in my life, um, was the first preacher there. 73 people left Baker Heights and started this congregation on the southeast corner of Abilene where there was nothing. Well, that's all changed. There's a lot out there now. If you've been there, you know that that area is booming. That school district, which I'm on the school board for Wiley, that school district is booming as well. And so that area has grown tremendously. The church has grown tremendously from 73 to now about 750, 800. So it's, it's grown a lot. And, um, when I first came to Abilene in 2008, we went out to eat that night before I had uh, my talk with the elders the next day. And I asked somebody, hey, where's the Oldham Lane Church of Christ from here? And they didn't know. And I thought, there's a red flag. Uh, one of the first things we need to do is we need to bring some visibility. People need to know where Oldham Lane is and they need to know who we are and who we're about. Right. And um, so a lot of this stuff that we're doing was born out of that kind of vision or that mission that, you know, people need to know where we're at and who we are. And so, you know, we, we adopted the, uh, the mantra, you know, make and grow disciples. That's who we are. That's our identity. It's plastered everywhere. Um, and then the podcast and the television, we do a weekly television program that is not the sermon, uh, you know, being videoed. It's me in studio. Um, you know, no suit, no tie, trying to reach the unchurched, trying to reach a population of people that don't go to church. And uh, so it's a message that's really kind of tailored to them. Um, the podcast, what just kind of fell in my lap, uh, Ripple of Light, which is an internet ministry right. based in Abilene. Um, they are just wonderful. So follow them uh, on Facebook and 
so they came to me and said, hey, we're looking at trying to you know, get more content out there and we think you'd, you know, fit this profile. And so we want to do a, a podcast. So we came up with the name Dear Church, talking about things related to church and all that. And I have guests on there and right. uh, that's really grown. Um, since then, we support Ripple of Light as a ministry uh, mission. Uh, they've connected with World Bible School and have contracted with them, who we also uh, right. support. Actually, Brian Davis, who is uh, uh, high up at World Bible School. His son is our intern the last two years oh, at great. Oldham Lane. So a lot of connections there. But uh, I think some of the biggest things that have, that have helped us uh, with our visibility and getting the message out there is is we've, we've made good hires. We've got a great staff. We've got great leadership, great elders, and we've just continued to grow as that part of town grew. And I think we have a lot of people coming our way that are saying, you know, hey, we, we, we want what you have to offer, you sure. know, which is biblically based, you know, preaching God's word, um, not drawing the circle so small that you can't even stand in it kind of thing, right. stand up so straight you fall over kind of stuff, but staying out of the ditches. But, um, you know, being current, relevant, but preaching the word. Yeah, you know. one of my favorite words is balanced. <laughs> yeah, balanced you know? is good. Yeah. Don't go too far to the left. Don't go too far to That's the right. right. Kind of today, balanced and and all of that. Absolutely. Uh, and I appreciate the work that you're doing. I Thank mean, you. It's it really has been encouraging, Thanks. and especially the things that I'm able to read about and see. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, I follow on Facebook, and I'm able sure. to see the the all the podcasts as well as the. Eclipse with Ripple of Light. Love all of that. And Thank so I you. really encourage people to go to that and, yes. and follow you. that. You mentioned the leadership. And that's, uh-huh. that's one of the areas that's kind of my greatest passion is trying to help leaders, encourage leaders, strengthen leaders, prepare the next generation of leaders. Absolutely. But I think it's important to, to maybe understand some of the challenges that mm-hmm. leaders are having to deal with. Sure. And so you've had a lot of experience in Abilene and, mm-hmm. and other places You've seen a lot of uh, challenges. Right. And if you don't care, take a few moments and kind of share with our listeners some of the challenges that you have seen and that you think leaders are dealing with today. Mm-hmm. And then we can kind of follow that up with maybe how, how do they deal with some of those challenges. But let's talk yeah. about some of the challenges first that elders yeah. are dealing with. I think one of the biggest, and I, you know, I get asked this in, as a minister, but I think elders would agree with me. What is the biggest frustration in ministry? And I think it's just apathy, you know, just apathy, mm. just plain old simple. You know, I, I, I think about how many people walk out of our congregation, out of our services every Sunday and walk out the door lukewarm and they're fine. Sure. You know, it's one thing to be lukewarm. It's another thing to be okay with it. And I think, you know, far too many people are just okay with it. I don't, I don't know that we understand I think we take for granted how good we've got it. No persecution. We can come, we can freely worship, and we can go back to the comfort of our own home, and everything's fine. We're never disrupted. Of course, some of these security issues lately, like with what's happened at our church shootings, West Freeway and others, have kind of brought that to the forefront that, hey, you know, we we do need to understand that this is something we don't take for granted. But uh, I think that's the biggest thing is just the apathy. Uh, Church has become a side item. Uh, we categorize it like we do everything else. I've got my work life, I've got my home life, I've got my school life, and I've got my church life. And instead of church permeating everything like it did in the first century. So I think that's the biggest thing. You know, as a minister, I know elders talk about this too. How do you get a volunteer organization to move? And that's hard to do because you can't force anything, especially when, you know, you see a crowd coming, you want to do everything to keep the crowd naturally. So you don't want to push too much. 
But at the same time, you look at Jesus, when he saw a crowd, he kind of kind of got a little skeptical. You know, he, right. didn't, he didn't worry about keeping the crowd. I mean, when he saw a crowd, it's like, okay, I'm going to hammer you with truth. And here it is. And so maybe the, take a lesson from Jesus. I don't know. But I think that's the biggest issue. Yeah. Is it, you know, I can't help but think, and I've, I've said this before in lessons and on different occasions, it, to me, it's like we don't need each other. And I realize intellectually when we face that kind of statement, it's like, yes, I understand we need each other. Yes. But in reality, just like you're saying, we have nice homes, we have nice cars, we have jobs. Mm-hmm. And because of our affluent society, yes. we've kind of become so reclusive that we don't need each other. It's certainly not the way they did in the first century. Well, it's funny because we call these blessings. And they're really yes. becoming curses to us because yeah. the blessings are overriding the blesser. And so, uh, you know, we talk about all the time at Old Lane, if all you had was God, would that be enough? You know, I, I think about Job, he loses everything. He loses all of his wealth and he loses his family. And the first thing he does, the very first thing he does is he worships. Yeah. What a mentality and attitude and heart that is. Could we do that? You know, mm. I mean, if we if we found ourselves in that predicament, is God enough? Is Jesus enough? And I think that's really what it boils down to. So what you're saying is exactly right is, you know, we we've got the, all these blessings, but are they really blessings? Because at the end of the day, if it's keeping you from God, it's idolatry, not a blessing. Right. You know? And man, we are dealing with that in some powerful ways. Yeah. Well, listen, I, I appreciate you joining us today and sure. I want to explore some more. So I, I want to encourage our listeners to tune in because we're going to continue our conversation, especially in this regards and dealing with some leadership areas. Sure. But uh, I really appreciate it, Chris. Appreciate Thanks, you joining us and yes, being a part of this. And thank you to all of our listeners who are tuning in. We appreciate you taking time out to uh, listen to the material that we cover each week and hope that you're encouraged and blessed by that. And we're going to continue to look at some areas that are going to be uh, hopefully uh, very powerful in helping change the direction of leadership in the church to move in a direction that's going to help us have a great impact in the world in which we live. Again, I'm Bob Turner with the SALT program, the Sunset Academy of Leadership Training, and thank you for tuning in. We hope you have a great day. God bless.